Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. My name is Walker Smith. I'm the Chief Knowledge Officer for Cantar, and I am joined today by my guest, Larry Weber, who is the Chairman and CEO of RacePoint Global. And we're going to talk a little bit about brand purpose and authentic marketing. Welcome to the podcast, Larry. Thanks for having me, Walker. Great that you could be here. Larry, maybe you could talk a little bit more about yourself and describe RacePoint Global for our listeners uh, before we jump into the subject of purpose and authenticity in marketing. Yeah, just quickly, I've had a career of about 40 years in marketing and PR. I'm probably most famous for building Weber Shandwick, which is the second largest PR firm in the world. But I left that a while ago when I had written my second book. I'd taken a year off to write Marketing to the Social Web. And um, I started RacePoint, in my view, because there needed to be an integrated approach to marketing, especially from a digital point of view. And that's really what RacePoint is all about. And we primarily work with technology and B2B companies because that's what I have been around most of my career launching a number of the early technology companies in the early 80s through the 90s, all the way through the 2000s. So, and Authentic Marketing came out last year and that's my sixth book. And it's really focuses on moral purpose in the corporation and how that's going to continue to rise in importance to marketers. Yeah, you've been a, a very prolific author. Uh, I was going to mention it's your sixth book. It's uh, it's very impressive. I certainly recommend it to all of our listeners. Authentic marketing, 
how to capture hearts and minds through the power of purpose. So Larry, purpose has become a term that's been used a lot in marketing. And I think maybe a good place to start would just be to get your view of of purpose. What do you mean by purpose, corporate purpose? Uh, And how does that tie into another topic that's been discussed a lot in marketing, that of authentic marketing or authenticity? What's your kind of broad view of of these topics? Purpose to me in a corporate sense is really looking for the soul or the DNA of a company and what it stands for. And it's different than corporate social responsibility, which to me is obviously a very good thing, but to me it's philanthropy. And when I talk about moral purpose for a corporation or corporate purpose, I'm talking about finding something that's close to why a company's been successful. A great example might be John Deere and company. The, you think they're a tractor company, but they're really a data company. It's about sustainability and the data they collect from farmers around the world. And their moral purpose was easy to find. And that was, how are we going to feed 2 billion more people on the planet in the next few decades? So there's loads of other examples like that. IBM, of course, was one of the first corporations to create a shared value position on its board, looking at, again, what is aligned with the company so that it can press forward to making the world a better place. How that connects with authentic marketing is is to me very direct. I find that millennials especially, and I've seen in some of the very smart Kantar research coming back that you guys work on, that millennials are very interested in working with brands that are honest, open, trustworthy, and have some type of purpose uh, to make the world a better place. And I think that's only gonna get more important the next few years as COVID has sort of rushed us right into digital transformation almost five years faster than we would have. So to have a relationship with the brand that is open, honest, direct, maybe works on storytelling that is thoughtful, is not trying to trick anyone, I think is important to have that authenticity. And I think you're going to see that rise, especially as Platforms like Facebook and TikTok, even though might have some fun attached to them, are still going to have to be honest, direct, and open so that they can build a good customer connection. It's interesting the way you describe that. Just to go back maybe to your example of John Deere, you you talk about it as a data company, uh, but then you talk about them trying to feed the planet. So it seems like there are two different sides to this idea of purpose. Maybe the moral purpose is more feeding the planet. Data is a little bit more of the, would it be fair to say the corporate or business purpose? Uh, it sounds like you're zeroing in on something here that that really goes beyond how companies think about what maybe their mission or their purpose in, in doing business might be. That's very observant of you, Walker, because I, I try not to show the parallel approach of corporate purpose and moral purpose, but it really is there. I'm a true believer that every company is a technology company. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Deere is a technology company. And to use that powerful data to create a, again, connected connectivity to moral purpose through feeding the planet, I think is, is important. Also sustainability that we have layers of purpose in that area. You know, it would be 
not using as much irrigation at certain times because you have the right data. So there, I'm trying to keep it on a sort of simpler level, but it can get complex very quickly as you try to create a multiple tiered moral purpose. But I still feel it needs to be driven by one uh, sense of, of purpose, like a Unilever, for example, which is very much about, you know, making sure the planet's uh, clean and that, you know, they're, they're working hard. Blackstone, two years ago, said they would not invest in any company that didn't have some relevant moral purpose. So again, it has to align with your corporate strategy. What business are you in is the first question I ask clients. And I remember asking Deer, and they said, well, we're in the tractor and construction business. And I said, no, you're not. You're in the technology, data, and helping farmers have better yield business. And that's the beginning of those conversations. And you can have that with any company, from a steelmaker to a consumer public goods company, to a Deloitte, to a General Motors, to a Ford. These are all conversations that should be had right now, because I think brand, as you guys point out all the time, is moving rapidly to a place where it is connected through technology in a human way to customers and potential customers. There are a lot of things that you've said there, Larry, that's very rich. I want to try and unpack a little of it, though. Before I do that, I just want to mention that when you're talking about John Deere and their purpose, it reminds me of the things Ted Levitt used to say in the marketing imagination about really understanding what your business is all about. What I like about the way you describe it is that you're not just talking about moral purpose in a high-minded sense. You're really talking about putting it into action. So really kind of doing something about it. And earlier you mentioned storytelling and millennials, but in your book, you know, you you use this phrase that I really like, which is the idea of story doing. It seems to be more of what your emphasis is. Talk a little bit about that. What I've always disliked about marketing over the decades, Walker, is that even if you were a good storyteller, it was always one way. The company would just tell a story, whether it be in paid media or earned media or owned media, and it would just leave it there, just like a technology platform. Do with it what you want. And I argue that today is so real-time and so fast and so moving and that most people don't even think about technology because the great technology innovations are just used and they become embedded into our lives. And so I, I believe that story doing is telling stories on a consistent and regular basis that shows action is happening, that results are happening, the connectivity with each other is happening, and that an honest and open discourse is happening. So that's what I mean by story doing. And you also use the phrase action doing businesses. I, I guess that is the same idea that you've just described here. It is the same idea, but I also go further on that. This is a made-up thing. Toward the end of the book, I was getting a little frustrated with some of the big companies that are now ruling the world, like Amazon. And I remember a friend of mine said, well, what do you think should their moral purpose be? And I said, well, one of them is an obvious one. The they are apps. developing the top you know, drone technology in the world. And wouldn't it be cool if their army of drones was available when the California wildfires were needed supplies delivered or somewhere else on the planet needed a drone army? You know, so you start to put these things together in this thinking of, of action-oriented purpose and how it becomes really marketing because 
it is about marketing to me is the relationship you have with your constituencies and the better that connection, the better the relationship's going to be. And I think the better economic result will occur. So Larry, you've talked uh, about technology here several times, and I want to come back to that and maybe talk about it in a little more depth. But before we do that, I want to try and wrap up a little bit maybe this first discussion about moral purpose. You also talk about how that should fit into a more tightly integrated model of strategy for businesses. You've got some principles involved in developing strategies around moral purpose. Uh, describe for our listeners a little bit how you think about that, what, what the process is for putting this kind of tightly integrated strategy together might be. If anybody wants to pick up the book, chapter three really is the one worth spending time on. And that has this idea of the future of strategy for companies. It has, you know, the circle, obviously the typical diagram the circle of what business are you in and really, really answer that, not with a noun, but with a verb kind of perspective. Then, you know, customer engagement programs, which might be the, my new my term for marketing and what that is about. And then technology and innovation is the third circle. And how are you using technology to be a better company and to be a more effective company, to develop better products, to have more uh, competitive advantage. And then the middle intersecting piece of those three circles is moral purpose. So that that becomes your soul or heart or whatever metaphor you want to the future of your competitive advantage and your competitive strategy. So what business are you in? What are your customer engagement programs? And how do you use technology and innovation in your strategies? Whether again, it's your own or you're buying it or you're partnering with it. And then what is that moral purpose that becomes the glue for the business strategy going forward? That's the way I think about it. And key to that, obviously, is technology, as you've described it. You talk also a lot about technology meeting humanity. So there is a a particular way in which you think about technology. Technology, of course, is something that everybody and every business leader these days thinks about. So there is a role for technology. Maybe talk first about how you define technology. What what is technology to you? And in the world in which we live today, there are just so many aspects of it. Uh, Social media is clearly on the forefront or in the headlines, but there's, there's more to it than just that, I guess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just to give some quick context, 
I believe we're in the seventh wave of computing or, and technology is to me really based on the advance of computing and chip technology, et cetera. And the very first wave was way back in the times of Turing and World War II and all the way through up to the mainframe. And then we, we went through six other phases, primarily of platform presentation that included everything from search to social media. And most of the technologies through those first 35, 40 years were technologies that were, believe it or not, striving to do something better for humans, but they remained platforms. A great example would be voice, voice recognition, which really, when I introduced Dragon Systems as it spun out of MIT, was hard to use. It wasn't always very accurate, but a lot of that code is in Siri and A-L-E-X-A. I have to say that because I don't want it to turn on in my library here. Touchscreen would be another one and how that was really started in the 80s for ATM machines and how that follows all the way through to swiping on your iPhone. So to me, technology and innovations are in constant refinement and not always brand new. And it's finding those ones that can be completely integrated into our everyday lives that are going to have the most impact. I also see that when you see the power of what you're carrying around in a smartphone and the seventh wave of computing, which is bringing humanity. And that's why, you know, Facebook tends to get into some issues because it thinks it's still just a platform when it really is part of humanity now. And it has to be careful with its innovations and the way it works through those issues because it's now computing and humanity are forever connected. And that's what marketers should learn from, that it's not going to change. It's only going to get more integrated and more tighter to a point where maybe five to seven years, we won't even have a device of our own. It'll be on our wrist or something embedded. I know that sounds crazy, but it's something that I think every, especially marketer and every brand should study consistently, at least understand where the new technologies and innovations are coming from, where they are today how they're being refined, and where they're going. You, you mentioned Facebook, and of course, social media has taken the brunt of a lot of criticism for doing things or not doing things that may or may not be the best things or the good things or the right things to do. How do you see the responsibilities of social media in using technology as a force for good? Should they be actively involved and managing the content, managing the conversations? What, what is the scope of their responsibility to make sure that this particular type of technology continues to drive the sort of moral purpose that they should be guided by in the marketplace? Great question, Walker. The, what they need to understand, and it's hard because Zuckerberg, who, you know, who am I to criticize the third richest man in the world, but to maintain that it's not a media platform is wrong. And it's the future of the media platform that we have to understand and the responsibilities that come with being a media and technology platform are different than just putting out a technology platform. And I believe that increasingly the success of a Facebook and other social medias are going to rely on having a bit of an editorial 
hammer and strength that tries to bring the truth and morality to what they really are. And, and that is a media technology platform. I did loads of work over the decades with Nicholas Negroponte at the Media Lab at MIT, and they were constantly looking to combine morality with robotics, morality with farming, morality with biology, uh, which is a huge next step, but that's for another podcast. So I think that Facebook is starting to move in the direction of understanding that it really is the future of media through its technology and innovation, and is going to need the same editorial precautions and policing so that the truth and transparency uh, has a chance. I think Twitter has been a little ahead on that. Uh, Dorsey has been pretty good at that, and I hope he gets better. I think LinkedIn is a little different because of it's sort of a pure play business social network, and it's part of Microsoft now, whose power is coming back, Microsoft, and probably will sit with those other four leading global technology companies. So that's what I see as far as the third wave of social media, which we are entering now. And that's admitting that you're an editorial platform, a media platform, not purely a technology platform. So that's very interesting in, in terms of the responsibilities of these media companies, if you will, these media companies that think of themselves as platforms, I guess. But what about the companies that utilize these media, that utilize these platforms, if you will? Is there a responsibility for the advertiser, not just for the medium itself, to to try and make sure this technology is used and deployed in, as a force for good? Yes. And I think that most brands really have to understand that and why they run to Google and Facebook is obvious, right? I mean, Twitter to a point, even though I find Twitter sometimes more of a broadcast vehicle than an, an interactive vehicle. But the, you know, the responsibility that you have all that Facebook has all this data and it can target a, a consumer very clearly and very fast with a targeted message and maybe even an offer, you know, that the brand or the company has to understand that's precious information. And we're living in a, in a data world, you have to use that properly and carefully. Now, I think the general customer is okay around things like, well, you like blue shirts from this company, so we're, we're gonna offer you more blue shirts and loyalty. I think the issues are gonna get tougher when we start getting more health data on people and we start getting paid advertising, and it's already started from pharmaceuticals, and that's where the whole privacy issues are gonna raise their head again. Uh, well, I guess they've kept their head above anyway. But I do think the brands carry that responsibility as well. Just like you wouldn't advertise in a magazine that it, it doesn't share your values as a company or on a television program that you don't share, or a Netflix movie that doesn't share your values. So I think it's the same thing. I'd love to just talk very quickly about one other thing, and that is the concept, the idea that you use to wrap up your book, Authentic Marketing. Uh, and that's the idea of actually being able to measure corporate purpose and, and use it as a metric of performance. Could you say a little bit about how that all fits together? I think it, it actually would help, and I think Cantor's actually been an innovator in this, is measuring 
purpose on its impact on the bottom line, its impact on attracting customers, its impact on influencers, how influencers start talking about brands that are, have a moral alignment and a moral purpose. I also think that we have lived in a world, at least decades, you and I have been in marketing, Walker, that is mostly quantitative in measurement. And I think that's always going to be important. But how do we get to the unstructured data and measuring the unstructured data that purpose really can affect the conversations between people, the sharing between people about what a brand stands for and the good that they can bring to the, the world around them. I think there needs to be a lot of work done on moral purpose, especially as it relates to unstructured data. Larry, this has been a very interesting conversation about purpose and authenticity and technology as a force for good in the world. I, I really appreciate your time today. I know our listeners have enjoyed it. Just a reminder, Larry Weber, chairman and CEO of RacePoint Global, has been my guest today. And his sixth book, uh, just recently published, is entitled Authentic Marketing, How to Capture Hearts and Minds Through the Power of Purpose. Larry, thank you very much for joining the Future Proof podcast today. Thanks so much, Walker, and thank you and Cantor for what you do. It's really only going to increase in importance to have the kind of knowledge and analytics that you're, you're giving brands. listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Cantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.